Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. 1 Samuel 30. We'll be reading these verses as the focus, but i got some things I want to add to this. But follow me in 1 Samuel 30. God has used this story several times in my ministry to encourage you, to stir you. He got some new things to say about it because you're in a new place, but God's going to do a new thing. 1 Samuel 30, verses 1 through 7. And it reads, three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into Negev and Ziglag, and they crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and the children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreel, Abigail the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all the men were very bitter about losing their sons and their daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Verse 7, then he said to Abathar the priest, bring me thy ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. I want to preach from the same series, Don't Come Down, but I want to leave you with this thought. Take a seat. I want to leave you with that thought, take a seat. Take a seat. Put it on your timeline. Not only am I asking you don't come down, I'm also telling you to take a seat. So I'm telling you things are happening around you. There are some things that bother you greatly right now, bother you. Even while you're believing God, you're bothered. But I'm still asking you to take a seat. I believe there is an anointing. There is an anointing. There's a grace of God that I don't want anyone to miss. It's a shifty, if I can describe this grace and this anointing in this season, if I can describe to you how God is moving in this season and some potential ways you may have to act and move, I would describe this grace in this season as shifty, meaning you got to be able to shift. I would describe this grace as courageous. I also would describe this grace as intelligent, meaning God's going to give you a perspective that blows people's mind. It's a moving grace. I believe that's what God is trying to do in this season. 
Today, I'm going to use this story and a few other Bible stories that you may be familiar with to help us understand what it is to take a seat. You're going to have to understand even in this season that you have the capacity. Everybody say, I have the capacity. Come on, say it, put it on the timeline, say it out loud, even in your homes. I have the capacity. You may be going through some things, but you're going to have to start believing in the God in you. Some of us believe in the God in them. Some of us believe in the God of our neighbor. You're so smart. You're so wise. Some believe in the God of our pastor. Some believe in the God of our grandmother, our mothers, our fathers, but sometimes we let believe Believing in the God in us. Say it again. I have the capacity. Yes, you have the capacity to shift and be flexible and agile in this season. Meaning, if you stiff neck in this season, God's going to have to break you. If you too, if you can't be shifty and you too structured in your own way, not structured in His way, but structured in your own way, that God can't shift you. God's going to have to break you in order to make you flexible and agile in this season. This season is also unique very unique because in this season while we're going through global uh, um, losses and global pandemics and still have to cover up and be safe and we're dealing with loss like never before do you understand the magnitude of loss that America had dealt with and not just America other countries as well oh man if we pause as a matter of fact if you're not careful if you did inventory of all the losses that have happened it will send you into depression come on that's why you just can't look at negative news that's why you just can't even look at negative facts if you're going to make it to where God wants you to be you got to balance things out you got to be aware of what's not going right but you also got to keep your eyes on the hills from whence cometh your help you can't just look at what's going bad you got to look at what's coming around the corner that is good we must have the ability to be balanced you must be able to comfort those because many people need to be comforted but at the same time you must be able to celebrate that is sometimes a difficult season that you're in a season where you got to do both say do both no this season you got to do both if you're going to survive if you're going to make it through you got to do both some of us and we learned this in Nehemiah about don't come down we learned this in Nehemiah the story of Nehemiah we learned that we got to be ambidextrous meaning we got to learn how to use the left and the right hand some of us stuck saying pastor I can't do it I'm only left handed well you better learn how to use your right hand because when your right hand gets held hostage you better use the other hand that you're not accustomed to and tell this hand I need you to work for me today somebody said well pastor I'm only right hand no in this season you got to be ambidextrous you're going to have to learn to use both your left and your right hand I'm trying to tell you you're gonna have to learn how to how to comfort and celebrate you got to do both and some of us only know how to comfort and when you only know how to comfort you only get weighed down and you find yourself heavy and you don't know how to get up why because you only know about comfort comfort means to take on the burden but some of y'all got to know how to get the burden off so you got to learn how to put it on and take it off you're gonna have to learn in this 
season how to comfort and celebrate at the same time and you have the capacity to do to do so I'm trying to tell you about the time and the season that we're in I got a question do you believe in times and seasons that's what I want to know do you believe in times and seasons the Bible even lets us know there is time called seed time and harvest. We know it in our world. We call it winter, spring, summer, fall, or autumn. We have four distinct seasons, more so here in Florida. Mm, the winter don't last long. Sometimes it heck up. But springtime right about now gets a little beautiful around here. But we know that there are four seasons. I want you to know, do, I want to ask you, do you believe in times and seasons? It's a question do you believe it do you believe in time and seasons if you don't believe in time and seasons in the summertime you still got on a winter coat because you're confused that the season has changed I'm trying to say that there are times you got to recognize we're in a different season we're in a different time Ecclesiastes tried to tell us about times and seasons it says to everything everybody say to everything mm, this is good to everything there is a season to everything there is a season seasons have durations of time seasons have periods sometimes a season can last three months some seasons can last 20 years some season can last five years right but it's still a block of time called a season there is a season and a time I gotta teach you if you're gonna move with God and be flexible and shifty in this season you got to know what season it is there is a season and a time all right so now you got season within season you have moments within seasons you have a time all right so you got to pay attention to the time and the season and, to, and within every season and time there is purpose and I'm trying to make you spiritually aware of what's going on around you I'm trying to tap into your spirit man not just your intellect but spiritually get you to discern the time and the season that's why I preach and we preach so hard on don't come down why because the enemy don't want you to reign in authority the enemy wants you to quit your progress the enemy only wanted to be said at the end of 2021 that truth gatherers the people assigned the people of God had only had a good month of January January was the bomb January was good they was on target they were in prayer they fasted they knew what the what the season was they knew what God purpose was the enemy only wants you to win in January and he's trying to pull you down from February some of you know what I'm talking about February was hard can I testify can everybody testify that February came to try your January can everybody be a witness that what you tried to establish in January got tested in February and the enemy was upset that you start marking off new territory and then you start talking about not coming down and not being be being seduced anymore and not being hoodwinked anymore and not being tempted by what you used to be tempted 
by. How come on? How many know the enemy came for your progress in the month of January? But tell somebody there is another season and there is another month. And the month we're in is called March. And God is calling us to move out and march forth. And God is teaching us not to come down from the place he has put us. I'm telling you, when we recognize this anointing of not coming down and holding our feet firm, we'll be just like Nehemiah who rebuilt the wall and the city in 52 days. Something that was in ruin 400 years got turned around in 52 days. Now, I don't care what you say. That's fast. 52 days is fast when you've been waiting 400 years. When people have died and never seen a blessing, died and never seen freedom. And in 52 days, because somebody believed that they ain't got to put up with what the devil been saying. They ain't got to take what the devil been given. And Nehemiah said, I'm going to find a plan. And some way, I'm going to get back my destiny. Some way, I'm going to get back my purpose. Some way, I'm going to get back what God has for me. And in 52 days, Nehemiah and the people turned things around through an anointed strategy. The people had a will to fight. These people went out of despair and moved into decisiveness. They went out of regret and moved into joy. They came out of depression and moved into possession. And I declare to you that we are not locked out. You are not locked out of favor and blessing, but we are moving in the time of the Lord. To understand God's message today, I want to break this 1 Samuel 30 down into three distinct points. The first point is problems. The first point is problems. You need to take a seat, but you got to understand problems. Everybody say problems. Yeah, problems. David and his men are devastated. They come back to the camp. And they are devastated. Could you imagine what it's like to leave your home and come back and everything you work for has been put into ruins? David is devastated. There is no sign of their enemies, but there's only a sign of the destruction the enemy has brought. David, his men are devastated and they are emotional. For the sake of what I want to mention right now and the subject matter of this text, I'm glad this text deals with men being emotional. Why? Because some men even think that they are not emotional. And some women don't even understand the emotions of men. Why? Because society has tried to fashion a man who's strong but don't have feelings. Society has tried to say a man is this way, but he can't be in touch with how he feels. There are even a rugged type definition of a man that if a man cries, something is wrong with him. He's sensitive or he's infeminate or he's weak. If a man sheds a tear and there are still men trapped by wrong definitions of manhood. We see here in 1 Samuel 30 when these men get back and see that their wives 
lives are gone their children are gone their camp is in disarray they are emotional they are emotional these men are emotional why because they are they've been weakened they are exhausted they are tired and they are confused they wonder how did this happen to us while we're out fighting while we're out with you David fighting how could this happen to us how could that could get into this place these men are exhausted and confused and they are emotional and I want to make it clear that men are emotional too we've let we've heard all kind of male chauvinist uh, de definitions about women that say women are so emotional hallelujah but hallelujah I'll tell you the truth men are emotional too come on we made it seem like having emotions is a weak thing we made it seems like only women can be emotional hallelujah and children can be emotional but the truth of the matter men have emotions too because God has given everyone the capacity to feel things come on I got to get into this realm of the intelligence and we're going to get people out of what they're going through we got to learn to understand that people feel certain ways and these men are tired and exhausted and they don't care that David has led them to victory they don't care at that point that point they are so bitter and frustrated they look at David and they said David we're going to stone you we're going to get rid of you we're going to kill you because they're so frustrated because they start to blame David for his leadership and when people are emotional about what goes on in their life many times they can't settle their emotions and when you can't settle your emotions you start figuring out who's to blame you start figuring out whose fault it is and these men are at a place trying to figure out whose fault it is that we're in this place these men are feeling defeated I want you to understand what it means to feel defeated all right feeling defeated is different because you can actually go through loss go through defeat and not be defeated you can go through a loss and be defeated and still feel undefeated y'all know what I'm talking about you can go through something you can experience some loss but you telling the devil you got me Monday but Tuesday I'm ready for you oh you got me Wednesday but Thursday you better not show up to my house why because although I've been defeated I'm still feeling undefeated but it's a whole nother thing when a person is defeated defeated and feels undefeated these men feel undefeated they're frustrated what do they care about they care about the reputation of their families they care about their future they care about what they work for they care about their earnings see men view earnings a little differently sometimes you know it's not necessarily a mature man it's not about necessarily the money he earned it's really what he earned in the type of work that he do uh, I said again it's not a mature man it's not necessarily about all the money he earned but the respect and honor that he earns in the work that he does oh you want to test a man let a man make a hundred thousand 
$5,000 a year and come home and feel like a wimp. Let a man make 500,000 six figures and come home and can't get no respect and not get love. See, it ain't necessarily from a mature man about the money, but it's about how you feel about what he earns. Oh, so his earnings ain't just in cash in dollars. Oh, his earnings is in honor and respect. And these men feel like they've lost honor and respect because their families have been devastated. Uh, so men think about work differently. They want to be valued for going to work and the earning and what they earn. They want to earn not just money, but they want to earn respect. So although these verses focus on men, I believe it helps us to understand all of us have to navigate through emotional times. All of us got to learn to navigate through emotional times. And one way to um, navigate through emotional times is to learn to be honest and have healthy vulnerability. And some of us have not tapped into, while we're going through tough and emotional times, some of us have not tapped into healthy vulnerability, where we're able to reveal and heal at the same time. Some of us haven't tapped into healthy vulnerability. Some of us hadn't built healthy, vulnerable relationships where we can be open and honest, where we can tell somebody we don't have it all together. I feel like I'm making a mess of my life. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm confused. I feel like I'm off course. And I'm telling you, you better learn to find places and build places. The mature person, I always teach this, but I'm gonna teach it again tonight. The mature person, that begins to understand their destiny doesn't wait for those spaces they build them and you're not mature for destiny until you can learn to start building those places the people who say I have no place to go when I'm hurt I have no place to go when I don't feel good I have no one to talk to that's a person that has not fully grown in maturity of destiny because once you start growing in maturity of destiny you develop friendships you develop covenant you develop people you spend lunch time with the right people you spend texting with the right people see it's still you texting and talking to the wrong people you don't know who you are but when you know your life one day gonna need a refuge you will spend the time with somebody with loyalty you will spend the time with somebody who's confidential when you know your life is gonna have ups and downs and you gotta be able to prepare for the down and I'm telling you you got to be able to have a place where you can reveal and heal at the same time and these men don't know what to do but David does but David does David the leader does he does David does David know how to find that place and David finds this place David finds this place he finds this place and the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord David found this place with God and he began to encourage himself the people that was once following him don't believe in him anymore but David says I encourage myself in the Lord I'm telling you one of the things you got to do in this season oh, I already own it right now is you got to start encouraging yourself you got to pull your own self through this and I'm not saying I'm not going to pray for you, but things have been difficult. This has been a 
season where you can't depend on coming to church. You got to get up yourself, cut on your own phone, put us up on the screen. It ain't about driving in here. If you're going to have church, you're going to have to learn how to connect with yourself. You're going to have to learn how to tap in yourself. And if you ain't learned that, you're going to miss all the strength that God has for you. David encourages himself. I'm telling you, if you're going to make it through hard times, you got to learn how to pat yourself on the back. And I'm not preaching from the point of view that I only have Jesus in my life. I'm not. But he is first. I'm not preaching from that point of view because I'll tell you the truth. Before I got down, before I get down, I got a wife who's going to pray me back. Before I fall out and quit, I got a wife that's going to lift me up. And if things get rough that she can't pray, my God, we done prayed before Charity and Joshua and lived the life the best we know how. They better know how to pray. Oh, come on. We've been living. Come on now. If we go down and we get crazy, Joshua better call a fast. Joshua better put some oil up in the house. He don't saw us do it. Y'all playing around in here. So I'm not saying as if I'm living a life where I don't have support. And that's you. I don't pray for you. I believe you better pray for me if I get down. I don't help counsel you. I don't talk to you late at night. I believe somebody better talk to me if I go down. But see, the reason I can expect that is because I sold it. The reason I can expect that is because I've given it. And if you ain't given it in life, when you need to withdraw it the most, there was going to be nobody there. Some of you are too selfish. And you wonder why you all alone. You wonder why things are happening because you're being selfish. You're being selfish. And see, the reason you have to encourage yourself is different. You encourage yourself because you ain't built nothing. You encourage yourself, you won't trust nobody. But David encouraged himself because his people went away. And David said, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. David has to find out there's times you got to encourage your own self. Why? Because many times when you're in your promise season, problems happen. That what normally gets our faith shaken. It's because we don't expect problems in the promise. But somebody put on the timeline, my promise has problems. Put it say, my promise has some problems. My promise got some circumstances. My promise got some issues. Come on. We learn it in Numbers the 13 when God tells Moses, send the spies over to the land so I can give them the land that I promised them. When they get over to the promised land, they see all the blessing. They see all the milk and honey. They see the big grapes. They see all the blessings in the land. They see it's for but they also see problems and many times when you and I see problems in our life we run away and evacuate instead of standing strong in our faith and I'm telling you you got to know how to navigate when you see problems many people forfeit their future and sabotage their success because of problems but I want you to know problems have prizes tell your neighbor say problems have prizes oh it may be a problem you may have to dig at the bottom of that cracker jack box but if you can get on through it hallelujah it got a prize at the bottom of the bottom of the cracker jack box and if you don't want to eat all the eat all the popcorn you can just pour it out and go to the prize but I'm trying to 
tell you if you can endure the problems and navigate through your problems every problem has a prize and the time they get into numbers 13 they don't if we find out they don't know what to do with problems many of us find problems and the first thing we try to do when we get problems is eject and evacuate I'm out of here. We ain't got time to do it. I ain't got time to deal with this. But let me tell you something. If it's your promise, you're going to have to learn to have time. You're going to have to learn. If you're going to ever have your destiny, you're going to have to learn to how to deal with problems. You're going to have to learn how to deal with things when it don't go right. You're going to have to learn to stand firm in the faith when you feel like problems arise in your promise. That's what Numbers 13 is all about is how to handle problems. David first handles his problem by getting himself together. I'm teaching and preaching. Say, get, get yourself together. Say, get yourself together. You can't handle the problem till you get yourself together. Because if you don't get yourself together, guess what? You become the problem. And we don't need you to be the problem. We need the problem to be external and not internal. Come on, if the problem is internal, it's you. But we need you to get yourself together so the problem can be external. So to handle the problem, you got to get yourself together so encouraging yourself also mean jack yourself up tell yourself get up out of this bed tell yourself stop being slow tell yourself stop being lazy tell yourself stop making excuses tell yourself stop hiding from the truth tell yourself to be honest tell yourself to be transparent tell yourself to come to grips with where you are see you can't change and move to a new level till you first admit to where you are you can't even be saved until you first confess you a sinner ain't nobody saved I said nobody ain't nobody saved who ain't confess that they are sinner because Jesus came to save sinners and if you ain't got nothing to repent of then Jesus ain't got nothing to save you from so you got to first confess this is where I am and David began to encourage himself in the Lord after he encouraged himself in the Lord David does something that is transformational. David does something that is transformational. He next goes to Abathar the priest. And he says to Abathar the priest, give me the ephod. Give me the ephod. Now, first of all, this is about a relationship. Because I'm talking about relationships. This is about a relationship that David has with Abathar. How did they build a relationship? Well, the background is... Saul was actually killing all the priests. King Saul was killing God's priests. The enemy was killing them too, but Saul was getting rid of, getting rid of priests. But at the time they was destroying some temples, David went in, grabbed the holy garments with Abathar, and rescued Abathar and got him to a place of refuge. And so the relationship between David and Abathar is one of companionship and kindred. Because Abathar understands that David respects the place of priesthood. Because when everything was falling, David went to find any priest who was remaining and put them in refuge and to hide them. And so the relationship between Abathar and David is one that's close. Why? Why? Let me hear you something. Let me tell you something. See, see, see. He respected the role. He respected the role of Abathar. 
He respected the purpose of Abathar. You can't build relationships with nobody. Oh, I feel God helping somebody through problems. And when you don't respect what they do, come on, ain't nobody want to get close to you, spend no time with you, and you don't respect their function and what they have to go through to be who they are. Come on, and, and, and David respected. Abathar. So in this case of dealing with a problem and dealing with what happened in 1 Samuel 30 of being raided, David goes to Abathar, but he does something different. It's, it's miraculous what, what David does. David is thinking totally different. Normally what, what happened is if you had a problem, you would go to the priest and tell the priest your problem. You would go to the priest and tell the priest, priest, this is what's going on in my life. I need you to go before God and pray and seek God on my behalf so I can either be cleansed, renewed, uh, have my sins covered, or hear from God. That's what it normally uh, normally should happen, but David did something totally different. His, his action of taking the ephod is actually similar to, to our relationship in the New Testament. Let me read Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 so you can get what I'm saying. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 says, but God, who is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us and who we are united in Christ there it is it said because God is rich in mercy he gave us grace and when he raised up Christ he raised us 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 also up and then seated us with Christ and so when David goes and acts for the ephod he's actually moving prophetically in a New Testament revelation David was supposed to go to ephod and say pray for me David was supposed to go to ephod and say seek God for me David was supposed to go to ephod and say I'm in trouble the men want to kill me they're thinking about stoning me I had to encourage myself yesterday go to God for me but David doesn't do that David moves into a New Testament lifestyle and David said give me the ephod meaning I don't have to call the pastor I don't need to call the priest I'm going to learn to pray for myself I'm going to learn to get in the face of God I'm going to learn to seek God for myself I'm going to learn to hear God for myself I normally call him my mama I normally call him my best friend but on this situation God going to speak to me God going to have an encounter with me I'm going to hear God he said Abatha give me the ephod I want to know the place that God talks to me he always told to you now I want to know if that thing worked for me and I'm telling you that the thing you got to move out of your problems with is called prayer everybody say prayer the way you move out of a problems is prayer. David says I'm going to pray to God give me the ephod I've told on it but for those who don't know what the ephod is it's a girdle it's a it's a priestly garment that they put on in similitude underneath their other priestly garments they have on an ephod it's a girdle and what girdles do keep things together what girdles what girdles do make things look firm and fitted 
And so David is at a place of his life where his emotions are everywhere, but he can't afford to be everywhere. So he says, give me this ephod. I ain't got time to cry about what happened yesterday. I ain't got time to cry to grieve about what I lost. Because every time I cry and I open my eyes, I done lost something else. Every time I cry and look up, I'm losing more stuff. David said, no, no, no. Give me something to hold me together when I feel like falling apart. Give me something that keeps me when everything around me seems crazy. Give me the ephod. The ephod is similar to, I feel it, the Holy Ghost. It means give me the place of prayer where the Spirit comes in and hold me when I'm going through my worst situations. Hold me when I'm on the verge of divorce. Hold me when my children acting crazy. Hold me when I don't have a job and don't know how to pay my mortgage. Hold me. The Holy Ghost will come in and hold you together when you feel like breaking apart like a puzzle. When you feel like shattering in a thousand pieces. The Holy Ghost will firm you up. Comfort you. Tell you you're going to make it through this. You're going to come through this. Hold your head up. The Holy Ghost will make intercession and come in your situation. Tell somebody the Holy Ghost to do that. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what the ephod represents. And this ephod girdles David up. David gets into the place of prayer. David gets into this place of prayer and he says, no, I'm going to pray for myself on this one. It's not that I don't have a relationship, hear me again, with the priest. I can't help but teach. It ain't that I don't have a relationship with my pastor. It's, it's, not, it's not a hurt person who don't go to leadership because they don't trust nobody. No, 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 no. That's not the mindset. It's not a hurt person who said, no, I don't tell, I don't tell nobody my issues because people, people trifling. Hallelujah. People this. And I always say, if you keep talking about people trifling, don't you know you a people? Come on, if you keep talking about people trifling, guess what? You trifling too. Hallelujah. You can't keep talking about people. People, Come on, because you're a part. You're a people. You're a person. You're a human. Come on, so David didn't go to, didn't, did not, not go to Abathar because he didn't trust Abathar. I told you they had relationship. Matter of fact, he went to Abathar because he trusted him. Give me your ephod. I want to do what you do. And I'm telling you, in this season, you got to learn how to take your position. The Bible says that we was raised up with Christ and now we are seated with him in heavenly places. See, the problem is we get saved and come down. The problem is we get saved and come back to our own nature. The problem is we get delivered and go back to where we come from. But what we need to learn to do, tell your neighbor, say, take a seat. Say, take, take a seat. And what David does, David takes on the posture that I'm a priest too. Come on, say, I'm a priest too. See, the Bible tells us in the New Testament through Christ Jesus that we have become kings and priests. David says, no, I'm a priest too. And this is a New Testament revelation that David catches in the Old Testament. Look, if God working through you in the ephod, give me the ephod. And David says, give me the ephod so I can pray. And David begins to seek God with the ephod. And see, when your emotions get aligned, let me tell you something. Sometimes people make decisions when they are emotionally erect. I mean, you emotionally erect and you just making decisions. It's very dangerous. Making critical decisions while you're emotionally erect is equal to dr drunk driving. You have blurred vision. 
you have blurred lines. You can't see clearly. You're not really sure what direction you're going to. Somebody asks you and pull you over, where are you? You don't know where you are. You don't know your name. You forget who you are because you're making decisions while you're blurred. But if you get in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit helps him to stay seated in his place of authority. It helps him to stay seated in the place where God rules and the place where God reigns. He is seated in the finished work of Christ. I want you to understand that. That many of you and I walk in authority through Christ Jesus and you ain't got to come down for nothing. Tell your neighbor you ain't got to come down for nothing. You can go through and don't come down. I said you can go through hide the valleys of the shadows of death but you ain't got to fear evil. Why? Because he is with you. So you ain't got to come down although you're going through. You got to learn how to take a seat. And David, in this place, he takes a seat. He takes on the ephod. He begins to pray. And there are times when you pray, prayer is a high place. And when you move to the high place of prayer and you begin to talking and spending time with God, there are times in your prayer that prayer becomes a travail. Have you ever been there where you almost was, you prayed for 15 minutes but was sweating like you prayed an hour? Have you ever prayed so fervently, so intently? God, I need you to hear me today god I'm, I'm serious god i need to know that you're with me god i need to know what to do next god i need to know where to go for my family god i need to know what to do have you ever prayed that fervently david prays so fervently in that moment that god speaks back to him and god begins to speak to david so profoundly god says to david something that i'll never forget david hears god for himself and when god speaks to david and tells david David what to do David God tells David pursue he asks him will I overtake listen to this will I overtake will I shall I go after this troop first shall I, shall I use my energy is this something God you just allow me to go through and I just need to deal with it do I just need to deal with the loss and just just wait to something else do I need to deal with it but should I go after this troop should I pursue after them because there's a time in your prayer where you are travailing but in the travail there is a breakthrough there is a prevailing if you travail some of us get in prayer and it only lasts 10 seconds and we ain't made no ground but I'm telling you in this season you got to get in the place of prayer and stay there till you hear God stay there until God speak to you and if you pray on Monday and don't hear nothing come back on Tuesday if you pray on Tuesday and don't hear nothing come back on Wednesday if you pray on Wednesday and don't hear nothing come back on Thursday because it's the effectual prayers of the righteous that availeth much and too many of us quit on God while we'll see God but I'm telling you keep on praying tell your neighbor if it's happening yet keep on praying if it ain't manifested yet keep on praying because in the midst of your travail there will come a prevail well I feel the Holy Ghost and David prays until he prevails he travails until he prevails until he hear God and this is what happened see once you enter into problems and move through your problems through prayer something else happens in your prayer God don't only talk about the now God will start talking about the future
it's called prophecy in the midst of your problems there's a prophecy in the midst of what looks like nothing but trouble there is a prize there is a weighted possession there is prophecy so not only will God give you problems he'll teach you how to pray but out of prayer there comes something that gives you hope for tomorrow it's called prophecy and God uses prophecy to encourage David to go ahead and fight let me explain this see prophecy is not just about what God will bring to pass and fulfill but prophecy is also about what God is processing oh y'all gotta hear me we only look at prophecy as something that's gonna happen then but can I tell you prophecy is happening now why because God is processing you in prophecy where you are has something to do with where you're going what you're going through right now has something to do with what God has next see what happens is the devil comes to discourage you about where you are but God will come right where you are and stop developing your future right where you are you ain't got to move nowhere you ain't got to hide nowhere you ain't got to change yourself you ain't got to change your DNA God will work prophecy right where you are tell somebody he's working on me right now tell somebody he's working on me right now yeah he's working on you right now and God begins to process prophecy I feel this thing through David he begins to process prophecy through him and that's why you got to be careful what you're going through See, because the enemy will start disguising what you're going through. The enemy will start telling you, no, this is going to lead to defeat. This is going to lead to you falling out. This is going to lead to you not winning. This is not going to lead to victory. But couldn't you imagine? Who would have thought that 1 Samuel 30, what we just read, got raided? Who would have thought that there's a comeback in the midst of a, of a loss? Who would have thought that? When you read 1 Samuel 30, I feel the Holy Ghost. Who would have, if you read my life 15 years ago, who would have thought, well, I've been preaching for 20, so let me go back a little bit because you probably saw something by then. But who would have thought when I was 15 years old, like I say about 17, who would have thought back then that God was working out a preacher in him? Tell somebody, you may can't see it now, but God processing me. You may can't see what God's about to do, but he's processing me. You may not can see what I'm going to be in just a few years, but he's processing me who would have thought that people who got raided and took their families and been through all disgust the same people God gonna say pursue and recover all let me teach let me teach I gotta finish so you got to be careful hear me not to get tricked while you going through because the devil would deceive you while you going through the devil will disguise your pain and not let you see the victory of God and I'm telling you you can't allow this season to go unnamed you can't allow this season to go uncategorized see God named the season for David he said I need you to take a seat get this ephod but now I'm going to prophesy to you and tell you this is a recovering all season I don't want you to think this is a lost season this is a season to get back what you lost this is a season to gain momentum he said I'm going to teach you how to name things 
prophetically and I'm telling you you got to know how to name it you got to know how to name it when you're going through you got to know how to name it when you can't see it you got to know how to speak it when you don't know what's going on and see prophecy don't need nothing in the natural to tell you what is going to be in the future it'll tell you you're going to win when you seem like you're losing it's going to tell you you're going to be a millionaire when you just found bankruptcy see prophecy don't need no reference to where you are right now let me teach I can't help but to teach see see many people get confused and you think when God gives you prophecy sometimes it confirms with you I'll be telling you the truth not every time sometimes God will tell you something you ain't never heard uh, I know that now the spirit should bear witness and sometimes the things of God I feel the Holy Ghost is so deep you got to be like Mary Mary had to go ponder these things in her heart Mary didn't get up when the angel came to her and said be it unto thee she didn't jump up and say I've been waiting on you angel where you been because God told me when I was 12 no Mary ain't said nothing like that this was fresh from heaven she had never heard it before and so prophecy don't need no reference of what you're going through right now to come into fruition y'all hear me yeah. oh my shot God will bring you out of the dirt God will bring you out of the clubhouse God will bring you out of the whorehouse God will bring you out of walking the streets God don't need no reference to what you're going through to take you where he gonna take you God will get you from on the corner selling dope and put you on the corner giving, giving the gospel God don't need no reference think God need a reference but God don't need no reference God said I don't need no reference God takes David out of what he's going through and tells David pursue you gonna go you gonna cover all and so last point I gotta teach y'all is what God told David he said now that I've given you a word and you have learned how to take your right position as a person who's seated with Christ the last thing he tells David before everything starts to turn is go after him. And some of us are sitting back in this season thinking God gonna move without us doing anything. We just sitting back. We don't declare the prophetic word. But when you gonna go ahead and apply? When you gonna go to the bank and say, God said I'm about to get a house so I'm here to start applying. Well sir ma'am, your credit ain't right. That's fine. We are gonna work on this thing. Cause I know it's my season to get things together. I know it's my season to walk on faith. When are you gonna start acting on what God says? The last thing God tells him to do is take authority from your seated position don't get up don't be moved don't be discouraged you got to learn how to move from your seated position he says take a seat but move in faith and David begins to go after the things that will belong to him and I'm telling you it's time for you to go after your prophecy David had to go after his prophecy and there are times in life you have problems you need to learn to pray this is the season when you got to get in an encounter with God. Not because I won't pray, not because nobody loves you. Because you need to hear God for yourself. You need to know God told you. You know, because you know what it is. <laughs> Y'all know how it is. Some, many of us got prophecy from other people, which is good. But you know, it's hard to receive prophecy from other people. And you're not accustomed to hearing God for yourself. 
So now you're looking at me, wondering if I'm a false prophet, because you're not accustomed to hearing God speak to you anyway. But when you get accustomed to God speaking to you, it makes the relationship with other people who speak God's word much more easy. But when you ain't used to God in your own personal time, somebody start telling you the word of the Lord, you're like, huh? Because huh? you ain't heard nothing from God. But I'm telling you, this is the season to have an encounter with God. David said, give me the ephod, meaning give me my seated position. I want to be seated with him. Seated with Christ. Seated in authority. When I died, we, the Bible says we were buried with him when he died. But we was raised with Christ. And now we're seated with him in heavenly places. I'm telling you believers, the problem that God has with us is we keep coming down from our seat. We keep coming down because of problems. We keep coming down because of circumstances. David says, give me this ephod. I'm going to have an encounter. And this season, it ain't nobody else praying for me. I'm going to hear God for myself. I'm going to stand on my two feet and I feel maturity in many of you this season like never before. I feel maturity. You say, no, no, Pastor Joe, you're right on point with me today. These problems been trying to make me forfeit my destiny, forfeit my future, sabotage my success, but I'm about to hear God. David, he begins to hear God. And again, who would have thought that how this thing started, it don't have to end that way. Put on the timeline, it don't have to end the way it started. You don't have to end, you, you, you started bruised, you started off broken, it don't have to end that way. The relationship started off off course, it don't have to end that way. God takes a situation that went out of control. And the rest of the verses we're not going to teach on today, he gave everything back to David, everything. David got back all his wives, the men got back all their wives. They got all their possessions, lift your hands, say this is the season of possession, come on, y'all keep your hands lifted. This is the season of possession. I said this is the season of the possession. What's in the heavenlies is going to manifest in the earth. The heavens are full. But the heavens being full is not good enough for you. I don't care how much rain there is up in the sky. The earth benefits when rain is released on the earth. And what I'm telling you, you got a prophecy. You got something that God has put up in the heavens. But what we need is what's in the heavens to get in the earth. And to get in you. And this is the time of encounter. This is the time to take a seat in the midst of your problems. Some of you keep getting uprooted in your growth. Because every time you face a mountain, every time you face a giant, you start talking about we be not able. Every time, but you have the capacity. You have the capacity. And that capacity is realized when you take a seat. I want you to stand to your feet even in your homes. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Don't come down, I want you to take a seat. Don't come down, I want you to take a seat. The bridge between the problem and the prophecy was prayer. David encouraged himself. He said, I gotta pray. Had a wonderful idea, which was a God idea. I gotta go to Abathar this time. I'm gonna say, Abathar, you a priest, but I'm about to be my, I'm gonna be a priest. I'm about to go before God and I'm about to hear God. I'm telling you why your hands are lifted. You're in a season where you're gonna hear God for your life.
or you're in the season the heavens going to speak to you God's presence is going to speak to you if you would get in prayer if you would get in the face of God if you would talk to God and say God I need you to talk back to me God I need to know what to do and stop allowing your emotions to control your prayer life stop allowing low self-esteem to control your prayer life go in prayer and say God you brought me here God you sustain me God you preserve me now what else do you want me to do how do I need to go in there in confidence say God I know you got great destiny for me you want to know how I heard God you know how I got out of what I was in I prayed about it I remember being 19 years old and y'all know my story I got kicked out of FSU because of my grades I felt embarrassed I was shamed I couldn't go back home to Miami because when I left Miami all they knew was Junior Davis was gonna be a doctor but here I am 19 years old kicked out of school trying to work two and three jobs stocking shelf at Winn-Dixie playing drums in the middle on weekends doing revivals at churches playing drums got three jobs tired sleepy can't hardly pay bills trying to go to school flunked out disgusted with myself bitter frustrated didn't know where my life was going but in the hardest moment of my life I found prayer I found in love with God I start talking to God about my destiny why am I here what's going on with me God what's going on with me I come here to be a doctor my life is a mess but every time I go to church it seemed like you at ease with me when I go to church this is my cry to God I told God it's not fair I go to church and you with me but I go in the school and I just feel like I am not having no success come on God something ain't right now that's part of my prayer the truth of the matter I need to sit down somewhere and study I need to sit down somewhere and get structured but that's how I was praying God let me know I got destiny for you I got something for you I'm gonna birth something for you in that season I didn't recognize that I was a writer of music I start writing songs every day I start writing like 10 15 songs every day I would write songs on a whim it didn't matter but in that season the word of the Lord through song kept my heart going the word of the Lord through song kept me encouraged come on I begin to write songs like it's in your praise I begin to write songs to the Lord and I just begin to write and I found out in my hardest times that I was a writer it manifested in my worst day and I'm telling you if you can find the place of prayer settle your emotions stop allowing your mistakes to nag you and talk you out of your destiny Oh, let me tell you something about grieving. I ain't got time to teach it today, but I'm going to throw it out there. Grieving and guilt are two main enemies of destiny. Both of them. Many times you're grieving things that were not in your control. Things that happened in your life. But grieving long-gated. Grieving that lasts beyond its expiration date will hold you hostage. I said grieving that lasts beyond its expiration date. There's a season to grieve. But the enemy will keep you grieving longer than you need to. And if he ain't got you grieving, he'll keep you with guilt. 
He'll keep you from guilt from rising to power. Always telling you mess up everything you touch. Ain't nobody gonna trust you. Negative self-talk. He'll always make you feel like you're not worthy. But if you can overcome grieving and overcome guilt and build yourself up in the Lord, find that place of prayer. Find that place where God speaks to you. You're going to heal fresh prosperity. Keep your hands lifted. I'm praying. I'm in the altar call. I'm telling you in the season where you're going to have an encounter and you're going to hear fresh prophecy. Y'all got to help me. I can't help but teach because the body of Christ at large I'm talking about at a larger scale have been robbed from the power of personal relationship with Jesus. I said on a larger scale, not that we don't have fellowship with one another, not that we don't have pastors and bishops and apostles and prophets, but the greatest robbery uh, in the body of Christ is the lack of personal relationship that people really don't know relationship with God for themselves. They don't know prayer. They don't know and prophecy is a part of the relationship of every believer. So it ain't even about, that's why you don't chase prophecy. See, you're in, you're in the wrong DNA. The Bible says these signs follow them that believe. Every believer filled with the spirit already got prophecy in them Jesus is the testimony of prophecy every believer with the spirit have prophecy living in you if you don't have prophecy for nobody else one person you got prophecy for is yourself I said if you don't got prophecy for nobody else you got prophecy for yourself and I'm telling you the body of Christ at large has been robbed from that personal encounter with God but in this season, God wants you to take your seat. Live in your authority, live in your power, live in prophecy, live in the anointing of God. And we're in that season, and I'm telling you right now, where prophecy is going to rule and reign. And God's going to give you an encounter. Let me tell you what I've also been praying. Thank you for holding with me today. Let me tell you what I've been praying for the 90 days of real authentic miracle let me tell you another thing I'm praying for so you'll know I'm praying for every person in truth gathers everybody I have contact with will have an encounter with God and receive fresh prophecy I said fresh prophecy whether it come from a friend or neighbor that can happen too but I'm also want you to really dive into a personal encounter but I believe this is going to be an open heaven season where fresh prophecy going to come to your lives. Because some of y'all need to know what the future looks like. I feel the Holy Ghost. See, you ain't got to live today not knowing what the future looks like. Can I be honest with y'all? This no, is this not cocky. I already know what the future kind of looks like for truth gatherers. I already kind of know. Now, I'm not in charge of timing. I don't know when, but I already know what some things already look like. So that's why I can work from the position that I am in because I already know what some things look like in the future. I already know what things look like, and that's not being cocky. That's having an encounter with God, and you should know. I feel the Holy Ghost. You should know where your life is headed to next. You should know what the next few steps of your life look like. Why? Because God has spoken to you but I'm telling you you gotta take a seat you got a seat in your authority take your authority to have relationship with Jesus 
And while your hands lifted, I want to pray for that one that needs a relationship with Jesus right now. I'm praying for you today. We're not going to preach and not give you the opportunity to come to Christ. Come on, if you're here today, I want to pray for you right now that you will come and repent of your sins and ask the Lord to be the Lord of your life. Come on, today, if you're here and you need to repent, you say, Pastor, it's my first time, second, third time being a part of you gathers. Today is my day. I want you to take out your phone and I want you to dial 84576 and text one word, born again. That means today you're making a decision to give your life to Christ and to be born again. Text that word, one word, born again, 84576. And text that word, born again. I'm giving my life to Christ today. 84576, type one word, born again. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm gonna know him for myself. I'm gonna know him in the pardon of my sins. Today is my day, Pastor Joe, and I want to step out from the crowd and let you know I'm repenting. If you're a backslider, you went away, you're coming back. Same thing, dial 84576, text that word, born again. I'm giving myself to Christ. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.